here. Goal chance for Conor McGrath. Bernie surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackey heading it towards the 21 meter line. Keep Mackey chance. still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind at the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. Did a small change before the game worth the street. How's it going? Welcome along to the GAA podcast. Good news, listeners. I'm back. <laughs> I know it was tough. It was tough going for the listeners last week. Listening to you two ramble on. At least nonsense. Uh, the one thing I'll say in his favour is he's opened the podcast in the exact same way that we opened last week's by slagging him for not being here. Yeah, um, I'll give you a compliment. You're very well dressed for once for this podcast. Thanks very much, Nathan. Yeah, shirts on the whole shebang. Yeah, we are. As a treason, I will say <laughs> that uh, <laughs> filthy. The source of all the com- podcast conflict I had believed was Adrian. Oh really? Well, you weren't here last week, and last week's podcast suddenly you were best buddies. Was just calmness and serenity. Yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to divide you, divide and conquer. Yeah, uh, we had a great chat last week. There was no shy talk in the main. Uh, yeah, there was I, no uh, disruption of nonsense. I listened. I listened. No tangential I listened bullshit. And I thought, you know, I've been working here a few months, and I know we're you know we're starting to get on and. I'm thinking, do these guys like me? I'm not quite sure. So I was listening. I was a bit. About it, I was listening, and I was thinking, you know, I'm not there. They're going to use this it's busy opportunity. In the evening, in fairness, they're they're going to use this opportunity to have a good go at me. And I was pleasantly surprised by what I heard. Nathan is one of the most elegant footballers in the country. I think Murphy's having a far better championship than people are because no, for. he's one of the best in the business. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Just random. In between the times that he sits at home wondering if we like him or not, he's making these nonsense little montages of guff. <laughs> so thanks a lot for that. No problem. Uh, I didn't bother listening back to your predictions. I don't even know if he made them. Um, well, I can inform you, Nathan, and the uh, our loyal listeners, that for the first week ever, I think, we both had 100% accuracy. So all the favourites won? Well... No, I like to look upon it as we all we had one hundred. <laughs> there were three matches. And Dave was leaning towards Limerick, and I'm only kind of disappointed that he didn't quite fully lean topple over that direction. Uh, but he went Kilkenny in the end, which was a sensible thing. Uh, it was, and it is hurling that we're focusing on this week because having had weeks where we've had ten matches and uh, very little time, now we're down to just one single match this weekend, and we'll find out who will face Kilkenny in the All Ireland Senior Hurling Final. It's Cork against Tipperary, the 83rd time these great rivals have met in the championship. They've both won 37 mm. of them. Seven draws. That only makes 81. So what happened to the other one? It was abandoned, boy. Dead right. Why was it abandoned? Uh, there was a row. Yeah, there was a row in a small town in Cork, is this right? Ballyhay. Ballyhay. And they need, they need to replay the Munster angry. final, and it was only the only time to this day the Munster final has been played outside of Munster. And an old woman came out and stood in front of the goalkeeper and said to the fullback, yeah, If you go in here again, I'm going to wrap this umbrella around you, something like that. Well, we all read the same at story. Least this she week. didn't say, You're never going to win in All Ireland until every one of that <laughs> team is dead. <laughs> yeah. In, in which case. It's one of the great hurling rivalries but it's never really been 
a great rivalry in our lifetime, I would have thought. Maybe if to go back to the 80s and with the likes of Nicky English and Cashman were around for Tip and then Cork, I'm not quite sure. I never recall there being a serious rivalry between these two as we've had between Tip Kilkenny or between uh, Limerick and Cork. It just, just hasn't happened, really. Well, I, they didn't meet in last season's championship, but they met in the five seasons before that. But it, it didn't seem like familiarity no. bred contempt. When you think of the Munster Championship of the last 10 years and the great games, not too many Tip Cork ones no, stand it's out. it's an unusual one. They've also never met before at Crow Park, which I... In I, the championship. In the championship. I had to double-check and triple-check that. I couldn't believe it. Well, give, I think the there were only two matchups that could happen between Munster teams that had yet to take place in Croke Park. Limerick Cork is one of them and Tip Cork is the other since the back yeah. door came in in 1997. And it, it's incredible that it has taken this long for them to actually meet. Uh, going on simple horse racing form, uh, Cork beat Limerick, Limerick beat Tipperary. Yeah, But Tipperary so simple, are a very... Very different, different team now. Yeah. Not to be getting ahead of ourselves, uh, but I was kind of looking at it and I think, look, we'll get into this in a little bit more detail. For my money, everything uh, directs to a Cork win here. They're both evens uh, with the bookies. 10 to 1 the draw. And this was something I had a chance to talk to Jimmy Barry Murphy with a couple of weeks ago because I said, you should be favourites, Jimmy. He says, why is that? Well, you're Munster champions. Everyone expected to go in as defending Munster champions and win the semi-final. Have you looked at the odds? I haven't, Jimmy. Well, no matter what bookie you're looking at, we're both evens. He was adamant mm. to try and deflect any sense of favouritism being directed towards Cork. And I did check the odds on the way home, and he was right. They are evens, as you've just said. So I, it does surprise me a little. Tip obviously have the momentum through the back door, but Cork have beaten what's been put in front of them. The five-week break might be an issue. The, while I've been impressed with what Tipperary have done, the question is, who have they actually beaten? Dublin didn't show up. Awfully, they were expected to hammer, which they did. And Galway... Or Galway. We, yeah. yeah, they killed them in that last quarter. That was the. That's what their odds are being based upon, mm. essentially, is that last quarter against Galway. Absolutely. The fundamental point about Tipperary in this whole conversation is that we just don't really know how good they are. And it's primarily based on that. They beat Dublin with 2-7 to spare. Dublin, definitely not the same prospect as they had been last year. Uh, they beat awfully handily enough and they also beat Galway, as you said, that big 20 minutes. They... Like the possibility, the exciting thing from Tipperary fans' point of view is the possibility of trying to replicate that 20 minutes and uh, elongate it, obviously. I think that gives them a big shout. But uh, as I said, Dublin, uh, Tipperary were out of sight for after 40 minutes of that game. They were seven points clear. And uh, have Tipperary, to many, uh, to, to a great degree, have come to this point in their season without. It's hard to know if Tipperary have got to this point in their career without getting out of second gear or if there's the potential for them to actually knock up through the gears. And that's kind of... So it leaves room for two things. Obviously, it's potential that they have been operating to the maximum so far, which completely suggests a Cork victory at the weekend, or actually there's all this potential for improvement. Yeah, I don't think many people will back tip to win this game or will tip them to win the game because we don't know how good they are, as you've said. Whereas we can go on Cork's form because they've beaten a Limerick team that were superb against Kilkenny last weekend. And I probably wouldn't read too much into the Waterford game because, you know, it was the first match of the championship and they're clearly rusty in the drawn game. But then blew them away in the replay. So, yeah, if you're looking at form, you're going with Cork. But Tip of Croke Park have been excellent. I mean, the only team that have beaten them in the last five years at Croke have been Kilkenny. They've been knocked out or beat Kilkenny every year from 2009 to 2013. Uh, obviously, last year was a qualifier in Nolan Park, wasn't a Croker. But they do well when they're in Croke Park and they are Tipperary. They just have this Cork-like swagger when they get to... to GAHQ 
as they call it. Yeah, but we always say that Cork or Cork, Tipperary or Tipperary, and then one of them loses. And Tip. Oh, Tip for won't fear day. Cork though, and Cork won't fear, fear Tip. Well, which of them is the more hunger is what <laughs> well, I'm wondering. How long has it taken us? Ten minutes? <laughs> which, is, which is the more fearful? Yeah. Uh, both of them have added footballers to their squad in Cork, as we know, already had the dual players. Yeah. Dave, which uh, footballer has joined the Cork mm-hmm. hurling squad? Uh, Double-barreled surname, is it Mark Ellis Collins? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is Mark Collins. I was getting confused even <laughs> thinking about it a minute ago. I was like, Mark Ellis? Wait, he already... Pl-? No. Yeah, so Mark Collins uh, is has joined the squad and uh, for Tipperary O'Reardon. Colin. Colin O'Reardon. Um, we had Pete Creedon in, um, the Tipperary football manager, in a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to him about it. How oh, he's Pete Creedon now, is he? Pete, my mate. <laughs> hey. We're buds. Yeah. Just because you know you don't have that sort of relationship with. I, sort of, I didn't. I didn't realise that you had either. But well, I do, know. and now he knows as well. <laughs> hey Pete, how's it going? <laughs> well, he he knows text as well. me. Text me, Pete. <laughs> Credo. He never does text me. Um, yeah, he was saying that um, Colin Reardon is was had just started training with the hurlers, and I was thinking, well, if he was that good a hurler, why was he playing with the footballers? But football is just his first love. He has played minor, played everything for Tipperary. Do either of these guys feature? I don't think so. I think it's more for experience for, than anything else in terms of O'Reardon's side of things. I mean, he's still only 18. He just did his leaving cert. He was yeah, incredibly crazy. talented in the for Tipperary in this year's championship when they made it to their last round of the qualifiers in the football championship. I really can't see him featuring this weekend. What a baptism of fire that would be to be flung in there. Well, a bit of a wild card. Ten minutes left. This guy who... Maybe Cork don't know a huge amount about who's now comfortable at the big stage. Uh, I think ten minutes left, and you're and like ten minutes to go in a game where you are looking to change something to presumably you're a couple of points behind. Do you look to a guy who hasn't played any championship hurling? Well, look, he could be the Shane O'Donnell of 2014. I mean, obviously Shane had made a championship appearance before coming in for the start in the replay. But but he wasn't. No one knew anything about Shane O'Donnell. No, no one knows anything. But I mean, but the, my, my point would not be about whether people know anything about him. But that Shane O'Donnell had been spending the previous couple of months training. Pre- previous, oh, but six, I just seven mean from like an unknown quantity that gets thrown in at the very end, yeah. just to shake things up a little. Yeah. I'd be surprised if we saw him, and I'd be surprised if we saw uh, Mark playing for Cork. But Mark Collins. I don't look. They're just really there to bolster the ranks. Maybe he, Mark Collins uh, won a Munster minor minor medal in two thousand and eight, and he played under twenty one as well, and played. Uh, he's been playing centre forward with the footballers. Um, I got, got me thinking um, whether if you're a dual player, let's say you're a centre forward with the footballers, does that mean that you're a centre forward or your 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 slant is to the forwards with the hurlers? It shouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't have thought. Is it a mindset? Well, think of all the dual players over the years. They've all played in the same position for in yeah. both is, is that like is well? Is, is it so more that's that just it's a mindset as opposed to a skill set? No, but also your training is geared towards that position. Yeah, but I mean, but if you're wing forward for the footballers, it's a very different position to be wing forward for the hurlers. It's just a different dynamic about it. Uh, not necessarily. Maybe there's the same. Your back is to the goal a lot more, and well, it depends. There are little sprints te- into the it corner. Depends from team to team. But they've all t- uh, tended to be. Midfielders and defenders, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. I can't think. Um, obviously, Jimmy Barry Murphy was one attacker in both codes. Did you see Jimmy Barry Murphy's goal that they put up? And uh, yeah, did that take a little nick just before it went in? I was watch. I watched I'm it about ten sure it times. Did. Didn't it? It looks as though it's it, a little slight change of direction just at the end. That's what I thought. But Everyone was he on the halfway line? I think he was inside the halfway line. Do you know what impressed me most about it? It wasn't like this massively wild swing that just dropped over the keeper's head. Like he hit it, actually struck it at a low trajectory. 
like to keep it at that distance at that trajectory was pretty outstanding. But anyway, um, yeah. But I, mean, I I don't know. Like I just started. To think, I, I got to thinking about it the other day about whether you actually like. There's no reason necessarily why you couldn't be, uh, you know, wing back and wing forward from one quarter. Oh, there to is no reason, but they've always tended to be yeah. similar positional players. I can't. Ed Walsh is midfield for midfield and midfield. Both, think yeah. of the great dual player Teddy McCarthy was midfield and midfield. Cadigan full back and full back. Um, Damien Cahalan is a defender and defender. I'm actually struggling to think of a single dual player. That's been an out-and-out top-class attacker in both codes. Add off the ball on Twitter. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there going, McIntyre, you idiot, quite clearly. So let that's us know. mostly me and you. Uh, yeah, but I just don't here. have anything to offer. That's Cork. The, uh, Alan uh, Kearns springs to mind. He was an attacker for both Galway and hmm. Hurling and Football, wasn't he? Hmm. We hardly have to go back 13 years for the last attacking dual player. At Cork, they've done very little wrong Connell Keeney. this year. Boom, we have won. Oh, he's hit it. Although Nailed. he was never Nailed. a dual player. Well, <laughs> we not, not at inter- never a dual goal. player at inter-county level, but was obviously hurling Ah, look, if you're getting club, I'm sure there's no, but I mean, no, but that's, uh, No, but exactly, that's the point. That is my, exactly my point. I'm not talking about, it doesn't need to be strictly uh, inter-county. It's because it's a f- uh, philosophical discussion as opposed to what level they're playing at. That's That's exactly my point. It can be either one. But it would. Be, it is what le- depends what level the planet clear. No, it doesn't. No, no. Well, like, like, like my point is, if you're like, if you're of a mind to be uh, wing, a corner forward as a let's go to the extreme, a corner forward as a footballer, does that, could you be of a mind to be a wing back as a hurler? That's my point. I'm sure you could, but we just yeah. can't think of any. Yeah, and for for their it's clubs, presumably though, most of these players play in different positions when they're playing. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of a lot of a lot of intercounty defenders would be playing midfield. Well, look at the few footballers example. play out the field. Uh, footballers, goalkeepers that play out the field as well. Brendan Cummins. Philly McMahon was playing plays Bally midfield for Ballymun, for example. Johnny Cooper. Would well, play in because a if you're playing for the county game. team, it means you're more than likely you're the best, the best player, player yeah. in your club team. You want to get them yeah. involved in the game as much as possible. Cornerback for your county and midfield for your club. Yeah, yeah, that would usually happen. Anyway, anyway, Cork. Yes. Puck of the ball, a wild puck of the ball away from winning the All-Ireland last year. They've done everything asked of them. They had a slowish start. Well, they had a very slow start against Waterford. But since then, the way they beat Clare, the way they beat Limerick, I know it was a very tight game in the Munster final, but they got the goals. Yeah, they've been clinical. Um, Pat Horgan has probably been the player of the championship for me. He is just their talisman now. Out of the starting 15 on Sunday, only Shane O'Neill will have played more championship hurling than he has. And they look to him. One so far, it's incredible. Eleven one seven three is what he's racked up. It's not two forty three. I've two forty three. My st- I need to get back onto my stats, man. Adrian Barry's stat attack. He's stolen all these stats from the internet. Whereas I went back and watched every court game <laughs> and racked up the score. So two forty one <laughs> is the official line. But they need him to have a big game, and he invariably does deliver. Even when Cork don't play well, Pat Horgan is still giving the big scores. Alan Cadigan has been an incredible find. And this will be his first big game at Croke Park. If he excels on Sunday, I think Cork will win the game. Tipperary need to shut him down. If they manage to do it, that'll go a long way towards helping Tip win this match. Yeah, and also Pat Horgan is so deadly from freeze and from place balls that if you're giving away anything inside your own half... He'll punish you. he'll, He'll punish you. And I know most most hurling teams now do have somebody like that, but he seems to he seems to be the pick of the bunch at the moment. It's every match he's getting 10, 11, mm. 12 points. Mm. Callanan is obviously the uh, counterpoint to all that uh, guy who, because I remember, 
maybe three, four weeks back, maybe a little bit longer in the podcast, we were talking about um, another show as well about the idea of Seamus Callanan and what a masterful player he can be. But just that lack of consistency that's always been there with him. He um, had shown that over the last little while and another name O'Shea has talked about it even in recent weeks. It's kind of pretty clear when a manager addresses it and buys into the idea of the question that, yeah, he has been a little bit inconsistent. You know that uh, it has been the case. Uh, he scored 536 in total, Seamus Callanan, uh, so far. I think you're finding a couple of extra points everywhere. You're not you're having 534, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been prolific, Seamus Callanan. It must be 535. Let's settle on 535. And Lark Orbit looks like he's approaching something close to his best form as well. Bonomar is having a brilliant season. John O'Brien on the wing has just been absolutely superb. I think he's the overlooked forward for Tipperary. No one really seems to give him enough credit, but against Dublin he was brilliant, and against two, Galway two against he was Dublin brilliant. he scored. Created one goal, scored another one. Bubbles Odwar. I had a look last night to see where the hell Bubbles comes from. Couldn't find it. They have a lot of nicknames. Give James a text there and ask him uh, why he's called Bubbles. I wonder, are we... The, long, the more we think, think about this, the more other tip players we go through, I'm actually certainly from an attacking point of view, leaning towards them now because a lot of these players have won big matches in Croke Park. They've played in three All-Ireland finals. They've won one of them. A lot of them have won All-Ireland minor finals at Croke Park like Noel McGrath won two. And in terms of Croke Park experience, obviously Cork played in their two All-Ireland finals last year in the semi-final with Tip. I've just years of it there. And they have a real mix of youth and experience. I'm edging towards even money. <laughs> no wonder yeah. the bookies have it the way they have. Because the more I talk about it, the more I can see it extremely difficult to choose between them. You're on Premier League duty this weekend, which is sweet relief for you because we got a lot of McGraths out there. we got a lot of Mahers out there. <laughs> yeah. so Nobody wants to repeat the Mahers. <laughs> fill us in, the Who are brothers and who are cousins? <laughs> and who as are not I related know, at all? The Cadigans are definitely brothers. That one, I am absolutely certain Alan of. and Owen. Alan and Owen. I don't think any of the Mahers are brothers. And I don't think any of the McGraths are brothers. And if there's a, more than one O'Sullivan on the Cork team, they're not brothers. There's not a lot of certainty there, Dave. There's a lot of, you know, let's get Well, to I'm not on commentary due to this Sunday, so I won't be in a position to true, make that mistake. True, All right, true. we'll leave it to somebody else. We'll, of course, have uh, loads of coverage of Tipperary against Cork on Sundays off the ball. So Dave is kind of going back. We've You've tipped Cork throughout the season to win the All-Ireland, and now yeah, against no, Tipperary, you that reason, some doubts. For that reason, I'm not going to deviate from that path now. But I do think that Tipperary can very easily win this game we just don't know You've, Adrian summed it up earlier we just don't know how good they can be and if there's more, a lot more but we do know them, how good Cork can be so well that's it is that but what we're no re- that's, is, and that's what most people would be basing their tipping on against Dublin they were not pushed at all they weren't pushed against Offaly and they were pushed for about 20 minutes against Galway when they were really pushed they succumbed lost to Limerick so on all that basis, you're thinking Cork will win this game. But if there's improvement in Tipperary, it could be enough to win it. Full back line has been weak. I mean, they conceded seven in their first three championship matches and then kept a clean sheet against Dublin. And they have two new faces in there alongside Stapleton at full back. And I think that will give them a lot of confidence. Now, whether they'll be able to stand up to the likes of Horgan and Cadigan, I'm not quite sure. But if they keep a clean sheet on Sunday, I'd expect them to win the game. Yeah, and Cork have only conceded three goals in their four matches so far. So defensively, they've been... Pretty strong. Adrian, you said at the outset you ruined ruined it for the listeners that you were going to go for Cork. Ah, yeah, definitely am. Uh, but, I, look, for my money, I think there's been a bit of a shift in mindset. Jimmy Barry Murphy was on with Joe on last night's programme. It was interesting to hear him speak about the importance of winning the Munster final. The one thing that was jumping out at me was he spoke about the idea of how important this was to the players, that they'd lost three, essentially lost, outside of the draw, uh, three finals last year. 
and so that idea that they just couldn't get over the line and then so the importance of winning the Munster final but the the other side of all that equation was that it was very important for the players in that they suddenly believed in what Jimmy Bar- Barry Murphy had been telling them I think that's a, that's a key point because ultimately like that that's the essence of it so they've, they've plodded along last year they, they, the All-Ireland final goes to well, a replay they, they lose they plodded it. along why, why does the, it need them to win a Munster title to believe I, I, massively I Jimmy Barry massively I would think, but why did they not surely they believed in him before winning it wasn't Jimmy Barry Murphy's fault but, that but they all didn't of a sudden win they, that original they All-Ireland win, final they, they go ahead and win Grant go, but go, they go ahead and win the Munster final this year and then the players can step back and say well, clearly, what we're doing is the right thing. I mean, but if they'd they been beaten, step, but they would have stepped back last year and said that they were winning a puck of the ball from. Yeah, but it's Ireland. another year down the track. They get beaten by Limerick in the Munster final, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Jesus, what are we doing here? That's wrong." And surely you, t- at that point, look, turn out to the manager and go, well, "We've been in a few finals. We haven't managed to get off the line. What's going on?" I would think it was a massive thing uh, from a player's point of view to turn around and go, "Well, this manager actually knows." Well, they've transformed here. their overall confidence. They will feel like that they're the winners now. The be- there's belief everywhere now. That's my point. They turn around to the manager and they go, "We believe you can." do the job for us in the final they believe in themselves uh, I think it's he spoke as well about the, the five week gap from the last time and how the fact that he's actually enjoyed it we had Anthony Deli in last weekend and he was talking about uh, the idea of Dublin having a big long gap between games and he organised some uh, training one day and he ended up bringing them out to host kayaking or canoeing or something like that but uh, Jimmy Barry Murphy saying that threw them off the cliff David Matthews uh, who's a former uh, double Irish Olympian and is the core curling fitness coach uh, has been keeping them tip, uh, ticking along nicely um, so you've got a major man crush on Anthony Daly now oh yeah we, ha- we had a lot of man crushes at the end of the Premier League season yeah. you, your list Anthony Daly is the new Vincent Tan <laughs> he'll love that yeah uh, no, look, he, the man was amazing. The, if there's anybody more passionate about sport in this country, set them forward. Set them forth now. Yeah, well, he wears his heart in his sleeve. Any ideas? Anybody more passionate than Anthony? David Fitzgerald. He'd be up there. He'd certainly be up there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's a TJ Ryan. I was on the sideline for the All Ireland semi final last Sunday. Every yeah. Limerick point, of which there were sixteen, was it two twelve to. 16 points wasn't yeah, the full time score points in it. every score whether it was in the second minute when they got their first or the 64th minute when they got their last yeah. it was greeted with the biggest fist pump you've ever seen this was, practically threw himself onto the pitch this was, was two incredible. weeks after Dublin were knocked out of the championship and the man was hurting big time it was Jim popular. Gavin no, no nobody go for that he keeps his passion reined in a little more he certainly does Paul Grimley <laughs> Paul Grimley uh yeah, well, no we'll longer get to in that in a second. So you're going for Cork. Yeah, I've you're gone for just... Cork all summer. I'm going to stay with them. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to go for Cork as well because, uh, like Dave, I've gone with them all summer. And having watched Kilkenny last weekend and seen them throughout the championship, whoever does come through this game, they won't fear them. <laughs> I think if Cork win on Sunday, they win the All Ireland. Well, they'll be 70 minutes away from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. I think that's kind of a reasonable enough thing, in fairness. You boys have been calling it uh, Thank you. all summer. I'm sort of a, more of a Johnny come lately in this conversation. But, yeah. I mean, look, the other, the other side of, of all that is that look, look where Kilkenny have come over the last 12 months. And the curve has been always, always pretty much an upward curve as well. So, it's Kilkenny in Ireland final. Though. There's no way... Uh, I, I was down in Kilkenny a few weeks ago and I was talking to Henry Shefflin and asking about his fitness and he, straight away, I'm fully fit, I'm ready to go and I was asking, well, you know, have you had a conversation with Brian Cody? Does he maybe see you now as more of an impact sub? And he wasn't too happy about it. That there was no question. No, 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 no. I yeah. want to play. I'm yeah. ready to start. And I got came away from that thinking, oh, well, Henry's back. He's fully fit. There's no question that... 
he's going to start. But he doesn't. He comes off the bench and... Yeah, he did make a huge contribution last night. You can't see him starting the All-Ireland final. Probably not. Probably not. But it wasn't like the Kilkenny forwards were shooting the lights out last weekend. 2-12 is a paltry return for a Kilkenny team at Croke Park. It's dreadful, really. Obviously, the conditions had something to do with it. But they didn't really look like a well-oiled machine. TJ Reid was well shackled by Seamus Hickey, for example. And there are a couple of guys in there that we're not overly familiar with in that Kilkenny forward line. So if he goes well in training over the next three weeks, maybe it wouldn't surprise if he does start. But he'll be one of how many players in that bench <laughs> that I rattled through mm. on Sunday. And I said around there'd be about 25, all, 25 All-Irelands on the bench when I was talking to Joe. Turns out there's in excess of 30 All-Irelands on that bench. So training's going to be vicious. Yeah, the next three that's an interesting point about Seamus Hickey because he was obviously on again during the week and he was saying that it was the one game actually where he wasn't detailed to look after somebody now well, obviously that yeah. was the way the cards fell whenever he looked out for the most part he was on TJ mm. Reid but there were other times he, he was on uh, Colin Fennelly when he wasn't playing deeper out the field Towards, for the last 10 minutes he was on Colin Fennelly um, but yeah for the most part he was on he was on TJ uh, any other GEA stories of note Dave you've been particularly uh, perky around the office this week, I don't think it's... I don't even think it's anything to do with the impending arrival. I think it's the fact our ma are now talking again. It's <laughs> yeah, a weight off their shoulders. Always happy with the world. Yeah. Are actually, they really... Are they t- talking... Well, now nobody wants to talk to them, is yeah. <laughs> I felt sorry for our ma last week and I thought they should have won the game. Um, but everybody wanted to see Donegal Dublin and we have it. Shinny? Um Yeah. The only, st- the only other story I can think of uh, relates to the Westmeath... Minor C hurlers who don't have a jingle. Have, uh, ready for this. It was either, either an All Ireland final. You do have a fader. Pull it down. Either there. an All Ireland final or a semi final that they had qualified for beating. I'm going to say Antrim, uh, <laughs> and so the Fermanagh ladies. And All right, see you later, lads. Uh, what, about, uh, what about Paul Beelan, eh? And the Armagh ladies on the other side of the draw, and ultimately Dave McIntyre has literally just walked out of the room. The 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 county have uh, withdrawn the minor team from the final. Oh, even I'm getting bored of this because the team ha- because the, uh, so there was a, a women's match on afterwards, and a lot of jerseys went mission, missing, <laughs> mission missing from the dressing room. So the minor team went in, saw a load of jerseys and tops. This is what it's been called, jerseys and tops, from the ladies' dressing room. And so the Westmeath County Board has decided to... Uh, the men's minor team went into the women's dressing room and stole all their clothes. Yeah. What sort of crazy shit are you up to down in Westmeath? Uh, so the, the county board decided this is kind of bullshit so we're going to just withdraw the team uh, from the I, I, I can't remember exactly what point but it's certainly a semi-final or final well, last night should have been fun in Mullingar then for the leaving cert celebrations when all the county players are walking around in their bras and their skin tight tops yeah yeah well I mean they wouldn't even be that age I mean they're minor players so, yeah. yeah leaving cert ish yeah, so that's uh, that's really all I got to bring to the table. Wow. It would have been interesting to hear what Dave McIntyre yeah. have, uh, said about it, but he's gone. Well, you know, even the greatest sometimes leave early. Uh, <laughs> uh, good news for you listeners, though, is that this isn't our only podcast uh, this week. We're going to be back tomorrow with the first Premier League podcast of the season. Uh, so that'll be up around uh, tomorrow afternoon sometime. Uh, back with more GEA next week. And it'll be a mail special once again. And don't forget, all our GEA coverage is with thanks to Liberty Insurance, proud partners of GEA Hurling and Camogie. We'll talk to you next week.